Welcome to the I Have ADHD podcast, where it's all about education, encouragement, and coaching for adults with ADHD. I'm your host, Kristen Carter, and I have ADHD. Let's chat about the frustrations, humor, and challenges of adulting, relationships, working, and achieving with this neurodevelopmental disorder. I'll help you understand your unique brain, unlock your potential, and move from point A to point B. Hey, what's up? This is Kristen Carter, and you're listening to the I Have ADHD podcast. I am medicated, I am caffeinated, I am regulated, and I'm ready to roll. How are you? How are you? Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to be with you today. I'm a little foggy. I'm a little tired. I'm not getting much done. I'm doing a lot of staring at the wall. I am definitely in an ebb, not in a flow, but... I'm here for you with a recording of a coaching call from my group coaching program, Focused. And I think it's going to be really helpful to you. I love to share these calls with you every once in a while for a couple of reasons. First, I think it's really important that you hear from real life ADHDers besides me, not a therapist or a doctor or a psychologist or a so-called expert, but just like regular old people with ADHD who are doing their best at life, just like you. Next, I love the fact that when we listen to coaching, we can apply it to our own lives. It's wild how impactful it can be just listening to other people being coached. I think a lot of people don't really even know what coaching is or how it might help them. And not only is this your chance to check that out, it is, but also it's just a chance to be coached by proxy. Like I'm not coaching you specifically, but the coaching can be helpful to you. Notice how much you identify with each person and how you can apply some of the coaching and encouragement to your own life. We are all so much more similar than we realize. We are all humans with an ADHD brain, and that makes us very, very similar. So here are the coaching topics of today's call. The first person that I coach doesn't know how to feel about her job. The second person is an entrepreneur who's stuck because she's feeling shame. And the third is feeling frantic and doesn't know how to just settle down. I mean, how relatable is that? So if as you listen to this call, you love it and you get tons of value from it, I want to let you know that we have three live calls pretty much just like this every week in my focused ADHD coaching program. I host two calls each week, and then we have guest experts, psychologists, therapists, and coaches host the other call. These calls are recorded and stored as videos in our membership portal or as audio in our exclusive private podcast. We also have four courses available to you immediately, including time management, self-esteem, how to coach yourself, and the best course I've ever created, which is emotional regulation for the ADHD brain. You'll be welcomed into a community of like-minded ADHD adults who are walking the path of self-development right along with you. Focused is unlike anything out there for adults with ADHD. And if you're listening in real time, this is really exciting. Ready? This week in preparation for Christmas in July, we are offering you 25% off your first month's membership fee. So that's a savings of 50 
bucks. It's my present to you. I would love to welcome you in. If you've been wanting to join anyway, now's a great time to do it. So go to IHaveADHD.com slash focus to learn more about the program and make sure to use code focused 25 to get 25% off of your first month. This offer ends Saturday, July 1st. So don't procrastinate, my friend. Head over to IHaveADHD.com slash focused to sign up today. And now let's get to it. Please enjoy this ADHD coaching call. Let's go. Hey. How are you? Long time no talk. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Of course. <laughs> hello, hello. How can I help you? Okay, so... When I joined Focus, like my big thing was that I was feeling super stuck in my career. Mm -hmm. Within like the past month, I had like a lot of breakthroughs, but like now I'm not sure what to do with them. So the first thing I realized I was measuring my self-worth by how I was performing at work. Mm -hmm. I was using work to meet my relational needs, specifically acceptance and validation. And I was getting really, I would get, I wouldn't act out, but like I would internally be like really mad and frustrated with people when I wasn't getting that validation. Mm. That kind of led me to realizing, I don't know how I should feel about getting feedback at work. Mm. Um, it doesn't feel good. Like I feel like a failure when it happens and I'm like, I'm not sure how to feel. So that's one thing. Yesterday, I realized I also feel bad when I'm doing well <laughs> which is what? That makes no sense. I don't have any good role models about like how to feel about work. Like my, I posted about this in Slack yesterday, but my mom hated her job and did everything she could so she could retire early. Mm -hmm. um, my dad loves his job and he really likes helping people so like he gets a lot of fulfillment from that part of his job which like my job doesn't help anyone <laughs> and then I also realized I within like the past like four or five years I've been promoted to the level at work where it doesn't come naturally to me anymore mm. like I actually really have to put in an effort and so I'm like struggling with that as well. So I have like all these things and then maybe I'm like a little overwhelmed. Like I don't know where to go next with like all these like realizations I had. Well, first I just want to affirm like these are big realizations. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's just clear that you've been doing this work for a while and you're seeing benefits from the work that you're putting in on yourself. It's really beautiful. It's so interesting. Okay. So here's what you said. I don't know how I should feel about work, but left to your own devices, you just want to feel bad all the time about work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do feel bad all the time. Right. You're like, I feel good. I feel bad when I'm doing well. And I feel bad when I'm not doing well. Right. Why? Well, when I'm doing bad, I feel like I'm a failure and a not a worthy person. And then when I'm doing well, I feel like I'm just waiting to feel bad again. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. That's really insightful. You're like, well, I feel good like this second, but it's not going to last. So I might as well just feel bad. I'm struggling because I don't know how I should feel about work. Is equaling, wait, was I wrong? Go ahead, correct me. Uh, just one, I guess the reason why like I don't know how to feel is like I don't want to put my self-worth in my work. So it's like if I, I don't want to attach too much to doing well or poorly at work. So I don't want to like say I'm doing well at work. I feel really, I want to, I guess I, I don't, should I feel neutral about, about work? Should I feel, cause it, it feels like if I feel too good about it, then I'm depending on work to meet some needs, which I don't want to do that. Why? That's interesting. I guess I don't know. Okay. So let's just, let me just do like a broad overview. When you're like, I'm not sure how to feel. I'm not sure if I should feel this or if I should feel this. What that's creating for you is you're just always feeling bad. So let's at least start there. Like when you're not sure how to feel, you're just naturally choosing, I'm gonna feel bad. I'm gonna feel feel bad if I do well. I'm gonna feel bad if I don't do well. Does that feel true? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. It's almost like you are withholding from yourself the good stuff. Like you're not allowed to feel good about this because you're just getting validation from your work. Well, it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I get validation from my work. Like you're, it's almost like you had these ahas And then you pulled back and we're like, I'm not, you're not allowed to feel good about any of it. Yeah, that's why I think I started looking at my parents and see how they Uh feel about work because my mom hated her job and my dad likes his job for a very specific reason that I don't have. So like, I don't have any models of like how to feel neutral or good about I mean my work doesn't make the world any better my work is I make money for investors (laughs) maybe I'm making the world worse so okay that's fascinating because even your steer map about your work like if you if you put like my job in the situation line and your thought is like my job doesn't make the world any better. How do you feel? I guess guilty. I don't know. I, I don't uh-huh. And then you're feeling guilty. So what are you doing? I'm not letting myself feel good about when I'm doing well. Yeah. Like that's your result. We could We could yeah. talk about all the actions, but your result is like, I'm not letting my job make me any better. Like my job yeah. is make the world any better. It's like, I'm worse off <laughs> because I'm believing that like, you've got a lot of judgy thoughts about your job. They mm, do. <laughs> you do. And you're like, I'm, I'm not allowed to feel validation. I'm not allowed to meet any relational needs. Like 
how much time do we spend working like 20 to 60 hours a week, depending on who we are, we're going to need to get some needs met in the workplace. Because mm. we're spending so much time there. But is it, I feel like it's not, it's not fair to ask my coworkers to, or my colleagues to meet those needs. Sure. But what seems to be happening is even when they are, you're like, no, you're not allowed to feel good. No, you're not allowed to like have a relationship. No, you're not allowed to feel validation. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want you to think about it with like a child. And I've been saying a lot, like our kids are not there to meet our own needs. But what I don't mean is if you get those residual effects, don't shut them down. <laughs> like that's part of the joy of being a parent, right? Mm -hmm. It's like our kids aren't there to take care of us. Your job is not there to take care of you. But we still get these residual benefits of like, oh, that was a really fun thing. Like, I, I really enjoyed doing that. I really enjoyed talking to this person. I really enjoy my time with this colleague. I really enjoy doing this particular project. I enjoy good feedback. Like, don't cut yourself off from the residual benefits. Mm, that feels scary. <laughs> because if you were to feel those residual benefits, what would the risk be? Um, that like, it's the risk would be that it could go away at any time or it's not something I'm in control of. Like I could do a really good job and still not get good feedback. Sure. So I just won't let myself accept any good feedback. Yeah. Cause I don't want to become like dependent on it. So we've got like a million maps going here. But one of your maps is like positive feedback goes in the situation line. And your thought is, I don't want to be dependent on it. And then you feel what? I guess like very rejecting or like when I get positive feedback, I feel like, well, they're just trying to gas me up or they just want to make me feel good. This is not actually good work. Hmm. So you're not even receiving positive feedback from yourself or accepting positive feedback from yourself. Yeah. Okay. So I think that is probably at the heart of this is I need to believe that I am doing a good job for me, for my own sake. If someone else also confirms that, that's delightful. But I need to believe it first. I guess like I'm, I'm that is where I get stuck because how do I know I'm doing a good job if I'm not getting positive feedback, but then I get positive feedback and I don't what believe are the it. You have to think, what are the requirements? Mm -hmm. Am I meeting the requirements? Am I doing it on time? Am I occasionally going above and beyond? Am I performing at a proficient level? 
Am I helping certain people? Like those are the questions you need to answer. That's just very like factual. Like for me, am I showing up to my coaching calls? Am I holding space for my clients? Am I making sure that I am empathetic and kind? Am I showing up in Slack? Am, am I telling the world about this program? Like those are very, I think creating some black and white standards for yourself would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. What are the markers yeah, because- for you? At the company that I work at, the requirements aren't always super clear until after the fact. Mm-hmm. So like per project, is that what you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't have timelines or deadlines. I mean, there, there are, but they're not explicit. But I will get feedback of this took too long. Okay. Establishing that criteria up front would be really helpful. Yeah, maybe. So who would we talk to about that? Like you, somebody sends you a project. Who do you talk to about criteria? I mean, I could talk to my team lead. I could talk to the product managers. Yeah, I I think right now there's a couple things going on, but one of the things happening is that it's very unclear what it even means to do a good job. Yeah. That's gotta be more clear. That way you can look at the set of standards and say, am I doing it? And then you get to decide if you're doing a good job. And then if you get positive feedback, great. I feel like one of the requirements of this job is being able to work in a lot of ambiguity and Mm. wondering if it's, Maybe it's not a good fit for me. I think finding that out for sure could be so helpful to you. Yeah. Because if you do start asking for clarification and they're like, that's not what we're doing here. Like, that's not what, that's not what we're about. That would give you really good feedback. Yeah. Oh man, that's scary too. Cause I'm <laughs> to look for I don't even want to go to that place. What I would love is to just talking to someone about defining some parameters. What does success look like on this? That question, I think it's pretty easy. Any manager should be able to answer a question like that. What does success look like for this project? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, here's another thing that I want to say. I want you to think about your job as a human and I want you to work on your relationship with your job because right now you're mean to it. Just do like a quick thought download for me. What you've already said is my job doesn't help anybody. It might be making the world a worse place. (laughs) My gosh. And then there was one more. My job doesn't help anyone. These are all thoughts that are just not super nice to your job you're like yeah but they're all true you're like they're not thoughts they're facts (laughs) yeah I don't want to say too much about what I do but like and when you think about that how do you feel makes me feel like a bad person (laughs) to be honest are you a bad person no but I may be helping bad people But I like, I like all the people I work with. I like our clients, but as part of a bigger system, I don't know that we're, we're doing something good. I think that 
you being able to define that would be really helpful to you. It's almost like you want to stay in the, I don't know, so that you don't have to know. Yeah. (laughs) What if we just figure it out? And then we can say, I'm a good person doing a job that's helping bad people, but I'm going to do it for the next two years as a means to an end. And then I'm out of here or something like that. Right. Mm. Or we could say, actually, what I uncovered is it's not actually a bad company, or it's not actually doing bad things, or it's not making the world a worse place because of this and this and this. It's all like, there's so much ambiguity. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of where I was. I want to stay here for at least a year, maybe two. And I don't think anyone is a bad person who's involved. I think we're part of a bad system. Is the system just a system that exists? It's capitalism. I don't know. Right. (laughs) Capitalism. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't want you to go against any of your own values, but also I want to encourage you that like, you can be a good person doing your very best existing in a broken system. Yeah. I kind of feel like maybe that's, that's where I am. Mm -hmm. But telling yourself, this is like, this isn't helping anybody. Like, I want you to go find, like, who is this helping? Mm Mm-hmm. What good am I doing here? How is, how can I love this job? How can I see the flaws in the system, but still appreciate some of the benefits or something like that? Because your relationship with your job right now is not cute. You feel that? Yeah, it's it's pretty crummy. (laughs) So there's just like a lot of ambiguity. And what I'm encouraging you to do is to get clear. Get clear on the parameters for success. Get clear on what good you're doing. Even if it's just a tiny bit of good, get, get clear on that. I think asking about the parameters of success will be helpful to you. Mm -hmm. It'll be helpful to your team. And they'll be helpful to realize like either, oh, there are parameters. Great. I can hold myself to these standards and see my success or, oh, shoot, I have to exist within this ambiguous system and I'm not, this isn't the right place for me long-term. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. What are you feeling in your body? Um, I feel a little bit of relief that I have some, there's some concrete steps I can take here Mm. now instead of just like a bunch of thoughts. Yeah. And questions you, I want you to answer the questions. I like, how should I feel about my job? Question mark. Yeah. The answer is, well, I know I want to feel accomplished. I want to feel capable. I want to feel proficient. I want like you answer that for yourself so you can have a standard of what you're working toward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, go be great. Thank you. Thank you for raising your hand. Great to talk to you. All right, changing your role. See ya. Hey. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I wrote, I raised my hand and then I was like, no. And then I did it again and I was like, just, <laughs> I don't know. 
maybe you don't decide. She'll decide. <laughs> I decided. So I've been struggling a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been able to fill my regular medication for almost two months now. I'm so sorry. And I've been taking it for over 10 years. Mm. So I'm really, really struggling. And like seeing while changing medication, I'm like, oh, wow. The other medication really did help this, this, and this with my executive function or this, you know, like it's kind of showing me, I guess, like how I knew it was effective and it was obviously helping me a lot, but it's really hard now that, um, I'm not able to fill it, but I think that aside, I think I'm trying to like consolidate like what's going on. And I think it's that when I feel behind, I want to give up. And I know that I've listened to the like (laughs) um, podcast about not being behind and everything. I just blah blah blah. I'm trying to I think basically I'm not Instagramming, I'm not reaching out to people, I'm not doing all the things that would give me more work. And when I think about it, I feel like like I haven't Instagrammed any of the jobs that I've done in a year. Mm. And that's not good. Like that that brings me more work. <laughs> Are you in need of work right now? Yes. Mm-hmm. so it's like I'm a tailor for stylists and like on photo shoots and stuff like that so it's like when it rains it pours and then it will be dry like just I had so many jobs on top of each other and then I'm like still trying to get the catch up yeah of like, I have an invoice. I don't even want to say it because I feel so embarrassed about it. Hey, sweetheart, we got you. Like I have invoices of jobs that I've done six months ago that I haven't invoiced. Okay. And something that's super, super helpful that helped was to tell myself this isn't easy. That was really, really helpful. It was, it definitely changed it from like, berating myself into like Uh, what kind of help could make this easier mm -hmm. I just yeah I guess I just feel like a huge amount of shame and embarrassment around it um, have you spent time surfing that at all so yes but I don't I don't really feel it dissipating (laughs) and I'm also realizing with my medication change like I'm not really sure how to shift my emotions Mm -hmm. and how to help myself and comfort myself or soothe myself I realize Mm -hmm. I just want to start by saying like it's so not fair that you don't have the medication that you need thank you it's it's so unfair I'm so sorry Thank you. I'm really sorry that you have to deal with that. We all know what shame does, which it makes us hide and avoid, which is exactly what's happening, right? Yeah. 
we could it's definitely start. making me like try to be as small as possible <sighs> and I think that means like that I'm not posting on Instagram I'm not reaching out because I just like you said it's like just wanting to hide yeah I'm gonna ask you a question that you're probably not gonna want to answer and if you don't want to you don't have to how much money do you think you would make if you were to send the invoices? Because should I just let it go? Let's just see. Because I've done that before. Okay. And I are was like, you know what? $1,000? Are we talking $10,000? Are we talking $20,000? We're talking closer to one, two. One or 2,000? Yeah. Okay. But after doing my taxes, I feel a lot more aware of how didn't do as well this year as I thought yeah freaking taxes so I've been the month of April I've been like looking through all my finances and it's just like Shoot. yeah it's hard so there's there's a I've couple known that money stuff is hard but I still have not I'm not sure how to get totally join the club I just want to read some of these too because I think it's so relevant you said I haven't sent invoices I feel so embarrassed Jacoba said, been there. Courtney said, I've been there. It took me six months to send my invoice to my last freelance client. Jillian yeah. says, been there. Kathy says, oh girl, invoices are on my list. My hubs is like, um, can you get us this money? Relate so much in the shame. So many people. Danny says, for thousands of dollars that she hasn't sent the invoice for. Like, and I could keep going, like hard relate from the whole community. So the first thing you need to know is like, thank you for being vulnerable. You are not alone. I want you, I want you to receive that. You're really not alone. You're not a bad person. You're not lazy. There's nothing wrong with you. It's unfair that you don't have your medication. And we got in some, some shame stuff, but like there's, there's so much of this that's so relatable. So there's a couple of different ways we can think about it. We could just be like, we're going to pardon our past selves. We're not going to go after this money. Yeah. Just let it go and start fresh. You could also say, here's what, here's, here's the plan I like better. What I would love is for you to hire an assistant. Yeah. Make them sit down with you yeah. and do the invoices as a body double, because yeah. let's say you pay an assistant $500. Yeah. Would you pay $500 to make $2,000? I, yeah. Go on. I can see you like starting to. Yeah. I'm trying to, sorry, I'm trying to remember the thought that I had before. And basically I think it was something like I have sent invoices late and people have had a bad reaction. Yep. And I think I'm like, cause I'm like, just send the invoice. If they don't answer, then you did your part and like, you can follow up. But I've also had people be quite angry with me. Yep. So there's some invoices that I haven't sent and there's some invoices that people are ignoring me about. 
like mm -hmm. I've been trying to contact and they're not answering me. And I find, so I realized recently, I'm like, more being upset with myself that I didn't put in parameters and a 50% sure you know deposit or like let's set up how I'm sending this invoice before I even do the job yeah but then I'm also like because it's easier to be mad at myself than it is to be mad at others mm -hmm. it's oh. so much more uncomfortable <laughs> brutal I know what I would love to see you do is offload the invoicing and even the plan for invoicing to an assistant. And how would one go about finding that person? <laughs> I think that you should reach out to, I'm going to give you an actual name because the woman that is supporting us in focus is also taking new clients. Okay. So I'm going to pop it in Slack and she's also on the list of VAs that we have. We have a list of VAs in the entrepreneur channel. I got it right here. Heather at virtuallyalignedservices.com. Heather at virtuallyalignedservices.com. I think Heather would be a great fit for you. And what I want you to do is to explain to whomever you hire, like I'm very good at my job. Yeah. What I need is for you to take over invoicing past mm -hmm. clients and make a plan for new clients. And I don't want to have to deal with that part at all. I don't want to see the money. Oh, I want to see the money. Actually, yeah. I don't want to see the invoice. I don't want to see the correspondence. I don't want to see any of it. So it would come from her. She would take care of it. All you're doing is you are doing the tailoring. Yeah. And then that would also free up space for you to post on Instagram. You're not posting because you're in hiding mode right now. Yeah. And that's okay. But the key isn't let's make a plan for Instagram. That's mm -hmm. not how we're going to do it. The key is let's make it so that I don't have to hide anymore. When that happens, you are naturally going to be able to post Yeah, because you won't be in hiding. Yeah. And I used to. Yeah, exactly. See, I used to be very good at it. Exactly. You still are very good at it, but you are in hiding. And so what I want you to do is set yourself up to come out of hiding. That's mm -hmm. going to be an investment, but your adorably mismedicated brain right now deserves to have support. Yeah. <laughs> Cause this ain't it. Like this is not working. <laughs> this is not working. It's and not, it's and not fair. So frustrated. It's so frustrating and it's not fair. But instead of just being like, I should be able yeah. to, why can't I do this? I want you to be like, okay, obviously I can't do it. I already had a trouble when I was medicated. Mm -hmm. So now I definitely need help if I'm not being 100%. properly medicated. 100%. Oh, and people are looking up your Instagram. Um, it's a big freaking deal. Yeah, the chat. I'm good at what I do, and yet I don't even. 
like my family will like I don't know find out I did something they're like you know you can tell us that like these exciting things that you're doing and it's like I'm just in this hiding all that like Okay, so I think that the first step is to come out of hiding through having support. Okay. Getting the money thing off of your plate. That's not your job anymore. Okay. Having your assistant, whoever you choose to hire, um, sit with you in a body double. You're going to brain dump everything. They're going to synthesize, prioritize, and accomplish the tasks. Does that sound great? Yeah. You do a brain dump. They tell you what the priorities are and then they go do it. I love the idea. I just, this is just like a question about like virtual assistants. I guess I would just, I'll just talk to Heather about it. I just don't totally understand how, like, does it, is it usually like a flat rate thing? at first and then everybody's like everybody's going to do it different or... everyone's going to do it different okay i would say to start out it's usually um hourly okay and then once kind of like the triage period is over they kind of figure out like okay i'm i'm doing about this many hours a month if you want to do a flat fee like that kind of thing but right now, what you need is someone to sit with you for hours for a while. Yeah. Right. And just like hear you rant about all the things you need help with. And then they yeah. can make the plan, they can make the system and they can do the tasks. And to be honest, I feel like I've been trying to figure out what therapist I need, but this is what I need. I think this is, I mean, I'm not saying don't do therapy, but I, know. Like, I also think I, yes. So many problems, but it's like, it's more that I would, I I'm more desperate for someone to like hear all of what's on my head and in my head and then yeah, help prioritize rather than make me feel better about all the exactly because exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Go do it. Thank you so much, Kristen. You're welcome, honey. Sending you I'm back. Glad I raised my hand. I'm glad you did too. I really am. Bye sweetie. Mwah. Appreciate you. Okay. What's up? Hi. Friends. Yeah. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How can I help you? Yeah. Um, I'm curious about this experience I've been having. I, I observed it. I've observed it over the last couple of years. Um, I feel like I wrote it out. I'm just going to read what that's I wrote. Your, that's no problem. Go ahead. I, I said, when a big thing comes up and I feel like it swallows me whole. And then when it's over, I feel like I have to totally reorient myself. It's like I go from one tidal wave to the next. Life is just tidal wave after tidal wave. It keeps me from feeling balanced and from having foresight because I can never see beyond the current tidal wave. Is mm -hmm. this... And, and I, like, as I was thinking about it today, I, I think that it's wrapped up in emotion, mm. but maybe there's also time blindness wrapped up. I like the truth is I was only diagnosed, like it's been less than a year. Wow. I'm still figuring out the medication thing. I, I really related to you on that point. 
but like for just as an example, I had companies stay with me for the last seven days. They left yesterday early in the morning. And while they were here, it's, I was just consumed with it. Um, I even like, I did have, like, I had some work to do and stuff. Like I took a couple of days off to spend with them, but I had some work to do. And like, I, like I got the work done and then they left and I'm, I'm like, it's January 1st. Like, it feels like it's January 1st and like, okay, what, it, what is life? What am I doing? <laughs> you know? Um, and like another example last year, I, um, cause I, I, I'm self-employed also. So last year I would do a big project. Like I'd have a webinar or whatever, then the webinar would be done. And, and I would look in my calendar and be like, frick, doing a workshop tomorrow and like I I, it's like I was so consumed with the webinar I forgot what was coming up next so like to fix that I got a calendar on my wall so that I can physically see the things coming up in the future um but there's still this very emotional element to it where um it's like I, I feel like I'm swallowed I'm swallowed And then I just, that end, that thing ends and I come up for air, then I get swallowed again. And then that ends and I come up for air. Um, And tell me what the problem is with that. What's the problem? Like I'm hearing it, but I'm not hearing problems yet. (laughs) Yeah, well. I mean, there was a problem when you were like, shoot, I'm doing a workshop tomorrow. Yeah. You solved yeah. that problem. I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's the problem uh, with being like swallowed and then coming up for air and then swallowed and coming up for air? It's, just, it's unpleasant. Yeah. Tell I me have, about I have, unpleasant. Um, because it feels unbalanced. And the other thing is I feel like it makes it hard for me to plan for the future because I'm so consumed in this present moment, but it's not, it's not a peaceful, it's uh-huh. not a, it's not peaceful. It's a turmoil. And like, like, like the, the, the metaphor that came to me for it was a tidal wave. I mean, you know how tidal waves yeah, are. They just right. like bowl you right yeah. over. Yeah. Um, not that I've ever been, but, but you know how powerful the ocean is. Like that's like, like, yeah. can I be consumed in, in a warm blanket? You know, <laughs> what would that be like? That would be more fun. <laughs> okay, tell me. So you said it's unpleasant. It feels like turmoil. Yeah. Can you tell me? So if turmoil is the emotion, where where is that in your body? Oh, oh, um, very much or in my brain. Describe it. Maybe it's mm-hmm. not turmoil. Maybe it's something else. So just like go to that emotion of you being swallowed. Okay. Um, well, it's frantic. It's frantic. Um, yeah, it's frantic. It's like I listened to your episode on chaos. That was the most recent. The two ones you just did in the private channel, chaos, and then the there was the other one. They were both like very applicable to this. Mm. Um, okay, but go to it's frantic fr- in your body. Go to frantic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You feel it? Your eyes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Like, when can I leave, please? It's in my head. Let's talk about it. I don't want to feel it. Yeah, yeah. It's in my head. Um, And also like a little bit upper chest, a little bit throat, but it's it's in my head. Um, Because thoughts are just zooming around. (laughs) 
And yeah. what, what do you think is the primary thought causing the emotion of frantic? Um, or you can give me a couple. Yeah, it's like, um, what do I have to do next? What's happening now? Is everything okay? Um, where where do I need to be now? Oh my God, I, I need I like catch up, catch up, catch up. Um, like that sort of like like growing up, my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom, made everything we ever ate from scratch, like processed foods never and like they were they're they're a sin, you know. Anyway, um <laughs> And the thing is, is like, she's a fabulous cook. Very, very good. Um, but every time she opened the oven, she screamed every time. Uh, because it was like, it's burning. It's, and of course it's never burning. Like that happened once, you know, <laughs> but it's this belief that like everything is always going wrong. Everything is always like, like every meal is going to be destroyed somehow, you know? And was it? <laughs> never, like never. And it, it's this fallacy. And like, we, like I spent my life reassuring my mom, like, mom, like this food is delicious. Mom, you do know how to cook. Mom, you know, like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Who's the one that actually needs reassurance? I mean, I'm literally I, I felt hugging. so grounded coming into this. I'm how, like how hugging did... my monitor. I'm trying to engulf you. I'm trying to swallow you <laughs> in my hug. Who is yeah. the one that needs assurance, reassurance? Yeah, perhaps I'm just looking at a mirror. It's you. You need that reassurance. I want you to really, let's just sit with this. Your life is the perpetual opening of the oven and screaming. And yeah. There's actually like nothing wrong. Yeah. Oof. What's that emotion that's coming up for you now? Cause it's different. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm feeling, I guess, acceptance, ease, peace. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is, it is true. Like I, I mean, I have a great life. I do. I do. And when <laughs> you notice a specific problem such as, yeah. oh, I forgot about the workshop tomorrow because I've been consumed for the last yeah. the webinar. You solved you solve it. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I am like, I'm very, as I'm sure all of us are like very good at that, that, um, solving in a state of urgency. Like I I'm an expert at that. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm going to say something a little bit brutal. Ready? Oof. It was never your job to reassure your mom. Yeah. But it is your job to learn how to reassure yourself. Yeah. And just be like, honey, we're okay. Yeah. I got us. I'm gonna make sure that we, we do the things. 
Yeah. I also want to mention something that Livy said in the chat, which I'm sure it passed by you, which is good. It's appropriate that you're not really looking at it, but she said, it almost seems like time blindness puts some of us in a fictional future and others in an all consuming present. Wow. Yeah. And I wonder if, if yeah. your time blindness kind of pops you or like holds you into an all consuming present. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, this is the only thing I can see. That, that is exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm working to the next thing. Yeah. Right. And then I get there and then boom, the next most yeah. urgent thing. And then boom, the next most. So it's just like, I want you to know that that's actually normal. Yeah. <laughs> for people with ADHD. Yeah. That all consuming present normal. Mm-hmm. So I think that what you might want to do is take some executive sessions where you say, okay, I know naturally I'm kind of stuck in this present all the time. Yeah. That's going to be normal and natural for me, but let me take an executive session and think about my future. Yeah. I want you to build time on your calendar to plan for the future. Because mm-hmm. what's happening now is it's not happening naturally. And then you're judging yourself for it. Like, I'm not even planning mm-hmm. for the future. I don't even know. It's like, well, okay. Because you're going to actually have to carve that out, put it on your calendar, follow through with it, mm-hmm. or it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what this is um, causing me to realize is I I came here with a problem. And I think, in fact, there's two distinct things happening. One of them is this um, failure to be able to see beyond the present moment. Sure. And that that that's a reality. Like, I, I can accept that and I can plan for it with uh, the very tactical strategies, like, like my calendar here yeah. um, and the executive sessions you're describing. So that's that. The other very separate and more pertinent (laughs) problem that I wasn't accurately perceiving is um, the emotional state that creates my experience of being consumed. That's, it's that opening the oven and screaming. That's, that is the thing that is going to be the game changer, um, which is like creating that safety and peace within myself, reassuring myself, like it's time for me to turn, turn, like open a new, a new page and say, mom, which is really hard because she's now becoming demented. And so I now have this like extra layer of feeling like I, I need to be your caregiver. Like uh, times 10 um with uh, so i i'll work through that that's like a whole other kettle of fish but the the bottom line is like i i've spent my life reassuring my mom i've spent my life reassuring my mom and now it's time for me to you know look in the mirror and reassure myself instead of my mom like mind blowing breakthrough yeah. Mind blowing. Yeah. Like that's so beautiful. 
so beautiful. Well, thank you for helping me uncover that and see that this, this was really, uh, you know, like a uh, powerful 15 minutes. <laughs> You know what we can do in 15 minutes, y'all? Yeah. So well, bam. <laughs> We're going to get it done. Yeah. I just want you to know that that journey is a brutal journey. Yeah. 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 But knowing that it was never your job, and now you can turn back the reassurance to the person who owns it. It's almost like this, like ownership that you're giving to someone else. Like I'll take the reassurance that belongs to me and give it to someone else, another grown up. And I think that's yeah. key. It's a grown person, right? We're not talking about a child. We're talking about a grown person who's actually in charge of themselves. Yeah. And so being able to see like, no, this belonged to me all along. Yeah. And yeah. now I'm going to implement it for me as the owner of it. Yeah. It belonged to you all along. So now just go ahead and it's not selfish to take something that is actually yours. Yeah. That's not selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, th this, this, feels doable, but I know it's going to be uh, like it, it, persistence is what it will take. Yeah. And, and I just want to like, say when mm -hmm. you feel frantic. Yeah. When, not if it's going to happen yeah. probably in five minutes. Yeah. You open the oven, you scream. Yeah. You're going to say, we're okay. Take a look. Yeah. Everything's fine. I got you. And you're going to ground yourself. Yeah. And then five minutes later, you're going to feel frantic again because right now your nervous system is primed for frantic. It totally, totally. And, and like that, that started happening when I, like the minute I was born essentially, and mom opened the oven and, and screamed every time, you know, like every time. Um, and so like, of course, like, I'm like, Whoa, what's going on? You know? <laughs> So I think what I want to do, because visuals really help me, I think the next time I, I have that feeling, I'm going to picture yeah. the open oven and like a peach cobbler, like mom's right. peach Beautiful. cobbler, Beautiful right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or her famous lasagna, which is perfection every time, you know? Screaming <laughs> required. Yeah. No, like yeah. the lasagna is perfect. <laughs> Oh, so to, right? up, to picture yeah. it and then to maybe even say out loud, nothing's burning. You know, I'm going to breathe in and inhale the scent of peach cobbler. Oh. <laughs> like peach, you need cobbler peach cobbler smells candle. amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, a, yeah, like yeah. a peach cobbler candle. Yeah. Somebody send her a Yankee candle. Yeah. <laughs> this was so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, dear. Yeah. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Really, really. Okay. Thank you. Thank right. you. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. What can be done in a 15 minute period just sometimes blows my mind. Thank you to all of you. This is just such a privilege. 
Hello, dear listener. I hope that you thoroughly enjoyed this coaching call and that you were able to apply the coaching and encouragement to your own life. I am back here to remind you that if you'd like to join my ADHD coaching program focused, you can head to IHaveADHD.com slash focused and make sure to use the code focus 25 to get 25% off your first month's membership fee, which is a value of $50. It's my gift from me to you. Happy Christmas in July. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. A few years ago, I went looking for help. I wanted to find someone to teach me how to feel better about myself and to help me improve my organization, productivity, time management, emotional regulation, you know, all the things that we adults with ADHD struggle with. But I couldn't find anything. So I researched and I studied and I hired coaches and I figured it out. And then I created Focused for you. Focused is my monthly coaching membership where I teach educated professional adults how to accept their ADHD brain and hijack their ability to get stuff done. Hundreds of people from all over the world are already benefiting from this program and I'm confident that you will too. Go to IHaveADHD.com slash focused for all the details.